The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Tim Schwartz is my co-host. Our main guest, here for the first time, hopefully not the last, is Michael Cameron. He wrote a book called High Strangeness, A Lifetime of Alien and Paranormal Encounters. A lot to talk about there, and we'll be getting to that in just a moment. So welcome aboard, Michael. Right now, I just want to mention something briefly about last week's episode. We featured Preston Dennett, who has written over 30 books about the paranormal. He's very much into contacts, humanoid sightings, things like that. Now, as Tim will confirm, a lot of our listeners have been commenting in our forums not too favorably about Preston, suggesting here that Preston is either making it up, which I doubt, or just too accepting of anything strange must be from E.T. Now, I've known Preston for a number of years. He's been on the Paracast a number of times. And I do agree some of those stories are a little out there. I do agree that his acceptance of these stories as evidence of E.T. is a little bit out there. But he gets a lot of cases that we're trying to understand, and that's the point. The point is not to say everything is E.T. or collective unconscious or anything. It is to understand what's going on and then try to make sense of it without preconditions. What do you think about it, Tim? Well, um, you know, as you well know, Gene, I mean, I am very... um, (laughs) <laughs> what's uh, what would the term be not not favorable but i research a lot of high strangeness cases that that seems to be the type of cases that i that, that i tend to gravitate towards and you know a lot of these cases that preston has covered in this book and in others you know can be classified as very high strangeness and and i know that some of these situations tend to rub a lot of people the wrong way, especially those who tend to gravitate more towards the nuts and bolts hypothesis of the UFO phenomena. But, I mean, my own research over the years has shown that there's a lot more going on with the UFO phenomena than just strictly... Uh, metallic uh, spaceships from other planets, you know, with uh, explorers and engineers and scientists on board. 
that may be the case, but there are other aspects to the phenomenon going on as well. So, you know, I tend to uh, 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 be a little bit more forgiving on the stories that, uh, that, that Preston wants to present because, I mean, I do think he's earnest in his presentation. And like you said, I mean, you know, he may be a little bit more uh, uh, forgiving with these stories uh, because, I mean, yeah, sure, I mean, people will you know manage to uh, uh, slip a hoax past you I mean that's uh, that's happened to me that's that's happened to everyone but you know I don't think that people should just totally throw out his stories or throw out his research just because some of these stories may seem a little too fantastical as many of our listeners know one of my closest friends in the world was the late Jim Mosley whom I knew for like 55 years or even 60 years. And he was notorious for perpetrating a few hoaxes here and there with his friend Gray Barker. On the other hand, he did some tremendous research back in 1957, a few years after George Adamski came out with his first book. Mosley had a very, very thorough expose of George Adamski, including a very conventional attempt to duplicate his photos, which is a classic, and we have it on the jimmosley.com website, a link to it. So, you know, what can you say about it? But Jim, of all the years I knew him, never lied to me about anything. He told me the way it was. Our guest, Michael Cameron, has a book out, which, again, the title is High Strangeness. A Lifetime of Alien and Paranormal Encounters. Michael, I don't know if I should be jealous of you or happy it hasn't happened to me. So I was thinking here, do you feel you've benefited from these experiences? Or do you think, looking back at them, and we'll get into more of that in a moment, looking back at them, you would have rather have had a more normal life. What's your take? Well, the thing is, you know, some people... I've said to me, you know, um, Michael, you're, um, you should be happy, you know, you're chosen, you're special. But as I point out in many of the podcasts that I've spoken on, I am not special and I'm not chosen. I don't feel most of my experiences to date have not been good ones. Um, last year, I was diagnosed with complex PTSD, which I suffer with as a result mostly of the trauma experienced um, in these type of interactions as a child and as a teenager. Um, so, no, I, you know, I'd rather had a normal life, to be honest. This is a point here of contention I had with Preston, and that is he looks at these UFO encounters, particularly abductions, as positives. But a lot of people, and you're not the only one, there are a lot of people who suffer PTSD after having those experiences. I remember back in 2010, we had a guest on named Doug, who had been working with the late Bud Hopkins on his possible abductions, guy in the real estate business. I had a long talk with him, and he was very seriously traumatized by his encounters. So you're saying, Michael, this all began when you were real young. How young were you? Well, you know, from in the in my book, I I, uh, I talk about the area where I grew up, 
the location is key to the experiences I had. You know, I grew up in a strict Roman Catholic Irish family and in, um, you know, um, a, a Roman Catholic environment. The church actually, you know, they they owned my home, my childhood home. It was in the uh, in the grounds of a school, a Roman Catholic school. My dad was the caretaker, so obviously the uh, the house was inside the the grounds, and he was you know with the job come the house. But when um, you know I was born, I was born um, an unexpected child. I was born premature. I was in hospital for quite a long time. But as when I when I come out of the hospital and I went back to the house that would then become my home, you know, strange as my parents were telling me later on, strange occurrences happened that never happened before. So, it, it, you know, it was um, there was lots of poltergeist type activity in this house. My mum was often in the house alone and she would be hearing, you know, disembodied voices calling the name. Often when she was in the, you know, upstairs, there was, she felt something behind her a lot of the time and was calling her name when she turned around. There was nothing there. There was lots of cold spots associated with these type of hauntings. Um you know, objects would move around and 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 vanish, and then reappear. Um, it, and I got three brothers, which I mentioned in my book: Francis, Kevin, and Sean. Sean's two years older than me, and I'm the youngest. And my other two brothers, Francis and Kevin, are a lot older than me and Sean. Um, but on one of the occasions, you know, Francis had been in bed, and we had a in the house at the time. We had a huge, you know, big oak heavy wardrobe that was pushed over on top of him whilst he was in bed and he wasn't injured he was just shocked and another time kevin was coming up the stairs he was shoved basically down the stairs by some you know unseen force um and again he wasn't he wasn't injured he was you know just really scared um and there was lots of banging in the house unusual banging you know as i explain on other podcasts in the in the house itself the house was like very strong made of very strong brick and if you were to bang on the wall you know it would just create the sound of a thud but in during the nighttime when my parents were in bed they were often awakened by this loud banging on the walls downstairs let's break it here michael we'll get back with more discussions with michael cool. cameron with gene and with tim you're in the Paracast. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience, so I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. 
This is an urgent warning. America is heading for another major financial disaster at an alarming rate. We could see stock prices fall as much as 50%, but this time the crash could be more violent and come faster than you ever imagined. We are Advantage Gold, America's most trusted precious metals company, and we are here to sound the alarm that winter is coming for investors. And now is the time to take actions that may help protect and secure your portfolio with physical precious metals. Want to help protect your hard-earned money before it's too late? Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and request our free gold and silver survival kit today. Mention that you heard us on the radio and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver coins. The number is 800-900-8000. Call now to get your free survival kit and see if you qualify for $1,000 in free silver today. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your Longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. Did you get a call or message that mentioned Social Security that made you feel threatened or scared? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, press you for personal information, or demand instant payment. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Don't fall for it. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to oig.ssa.gov. I need to pay my taxes. What are my payment options? The IRS has several options for paying your taxes. You can pay with IRS Direct Pay, a debit or credit card, or with an electronic funds withdrawal when you e-file your return. If you can't pay the full amount, consider paying over time with an online payment agreement or our Offer in Compromise program. Both tools are available on irs.gov. Go to irs.gov payment to find an option that is best suited for you. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. High strangeness encounters. All sorts of things happening. When Michael Cameron was young, when he was brought home from the hospital... And one question occurred to me as I'm listening to this. Did your family have anything like this happen before you arrived into your new home? Uh, Yes, they did. Yeah, my dad dad was in the Royal Air Force during World War II. He'd been a a flight engineer. But he went before he married my mum and he was in digs in London. He did um, later on tell us, you know, he told me that 
he did experience paranormal activity, um, you know, seeing what what he would consider to be, you know, I guess a, a ghost that used to wake him up at night. So he used to pull out the covers and he, he said it was a grey a gray lady that used to float across, you know, the the floor. And at one time he he said this figure, grey figure, come floating down the stairs and he had, you know, he had missing time or he didn't remember what happened after that. He just found himself basically back in bed, but he didn't really, he didn't remember how he got there. And and I believe my mum was an abductee. Um, she did tell me once, you know, my mum used to build, uh, she used to build, you know, um, aircraft during World War Two in the munitions factories. Um, and uh, she told me once before she went into these factories and she was evacuated at the time into an area of the countryside in in you know in britain she um she awoke one night with you know suddenly uh, was awakened by something she felt presence in the room and she told me that she looked down the bottom of where the bed was and this you know strange looking creature with big eyes and a gray type figure was there looking at her she was quite afraid she put the covers over her head hoping it was you know just in her head uh, just an illusion i think and then she took the covers down. It was still there. But then the next thing she knew, it was daytime. Um, and, and she had no memory of anything that happened. So, uh, I mean, I, I think she had experiences, but I don't think she understood what they were. And also because she was Roman Catholic, I don't think she spoke about them because in the community where I lived in London, everyone knew everyone. So I think it was in case people would talk. Now, one fast question here about the home in which you lived. Sure. Did these experiences start when they moved to that home or precede them? They seemed to start when I was there. I mean, you know, I don't know if that has anything to do with me, but it seemed to happen when I was basically in, in the house, when I, was a, when I was a baby and a child, you know. Um, but not really before that. It's kind of strange to think about that that you come into a home, newly born child, and suddenly weird stuff happens. Yeah, you know, it didn't, it, it never, when I was writing my book, there was a lot of emotion that come up. You're reliving these type of experiences. Um, yeah, and, you know, it, it, it never used to sit well with me, you know, that this type of phenomena may have been linked to me. Um I mean, there was there was no blame really for my parents to do that, but things, you know, were said that it was believed that the activity was centered around me. Didn't your parents tell you though afterwards that uh, when you were a baby that they noticed uh, unusual things happening around you? Yeah, that's right. I was told much later on that, um, you know, when where where the cop was at the time, my brother Sean shared a room with me. And the cot was there and they, there was, you know, what would be termed, I guess, balls of light or, um, um, you know, floating around, orbs floating around where my cot was. Um, and also at one time there was some strange creature, they said, that, that was standing over my cot looking down at me. And this was seen by my, both my mum and dad and also um, my brothers, my like Francis and Kevin and and when they made eye contact with it, it, it simply vanished. Um, you know, this is when this activity was started to happen. 
uh, in the house. And at, at first it started off quite hard, you know, sort of, you know, not so um, what would be considered dangerous, but as it went on, it started to get more, um, you know, what could be, uh, you know, more dangerous for for people in the house. It, it sort of changed. Did they did they tell you what this thing looked like? They did. They actually said it was glowing green. Funny enough, yeah. Um, and that's the only thing they said. It was glowing. It was a green type color uh, coming from it, um, and it was just looking down at me like you would look, you know, in, in on uh, looking down at me in the cart. Mm. But uh, what what I would say is though there was something that happened with Sean though. Um, when he was a child, he actually went missing from a British beach, uh, which was full up with people. Um, he'd been there with the family. Um, and, you know, my brothers used to tell me that he went missing, suddenly off of this beach, and he was looked for for, like, hours. The police were called. The police looked for him. They couldn't find him anywhere. And then suddenly he appeared in the same place where they looked you know, hours before, and, uh, and he, you know, he was just a child, so he, he didn't know what happened to him. But that was quite strange. Well, in the book, Sean plays, you know, a, a, a pretty dominant role uh, alongside with your experiences. I mean, he, he experiences, uh, I mean, he sees things along uh, with you, so at least you weren't alone <laughs> completely in what was going on. Yeah, that's right. I did mention song, you know, I had to ask his permission to put be put in the book, of, of course. Um, but, yeah, there were there were occasions when me and Sean did share experiences, but as I pointed out, I, I, I don't know if these continued for him in his life. I don't know that. They did for me uh, continue, but I don't know if they did for Sean, if they did, he never spoke about it. Did you how, ask How young were you when you remember any of these experiences? I would say from four years old, and Sean would have been six years old, um, um, but pretty much, yeah, from four years old is when my memory is, you know, much more uh, developed. In the book, you know, as I explain, I have a marker memory where I'm able to, you know, remember quite a bit. But I do point out, though, that I do have fragments in my memory, you know, that I don't remember. So I, I don't fill in the gaps. I just say it as it is. And what I remember, I remember. And what I don't, I don't. Were these encounters restricted to your home, or did they occur elsewhere? Well, in book, in book one, I talk about my, you know, primarily I talk about and focus on this on this location alone um in most of my experiences are in my ch i were at my childhood home they were in the grounds of this school and they were inside the school itself but when i write book two i will follow you know the book will follow on so it will follow on from being a teenager to a young adult but what i didn't know at the time was that this type of phenomena follows you I didn't know that. It wasn't, it wasn't until the 1990s that I started to explore this. Hey, we've got Michael and Gene and Tim. More to explore. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker we have great rates for you as well at the term lifeline we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above so if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance call right now for a free quote rates and availability may vary by state sample rate quotes are based on preferred not tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify 800 430-1891 800-430-1891 800-430-1891 USA News Update. The Senate cleared a stopgap funding bill Saturday night, sending it to President Joe Biden's desk just in time to avoid a government shutdown. The legislation effectively punts the deadline for Congress's various spending fights to November 17th and provides no additional money for Ukraine aid or border security. It does include $16 billion in additional disaster assistance. Are you reselling concert or sporting event tickets? Well, you may have to pay taxes on that income. The IRS is implementing stricter regulations for ticket resellers. According to an updated form, individuals who earned over $600 from ticket resale must now declare that income as taxable. This change comes in response to a surge of grievances regarding ticket resellers' inflating prices, notably for events like Taylor Swift's recent Eras Tour. I'm John Schaefer. Skip Kelly, USA News. It's obvious the unthinkable is going to happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Order by 3 p.m., and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 94 Live Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 94 Live Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 94 Live Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com. 
Vietnam immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Okay, let us continue here. What about other members of your family? Friends coming to your home, did they see this stuff going on? To be honest, I don't remember a lot of that. My dad was a Freemason, um, and, um, you know, uh, the only friends that I was aware of in the house would be Roman Catholic priests, uh, nuns, members of the military, and um, members of the police. My dad was very good friends with high-ranking Freemasons and the uh, Metropolitan Police Force. So these were the type of people that that I was, when I was starting to grow up, I've become familiar with in the household, but as far as I know, I don't. I don't think they had any experiences. If they did, you know, I wasn't told that. My family were very secretive as well. But I think, you know, at one time I thought that was strange. But you know, I think it was, you know, the secrecy was part of that type of um, generation. I just wonder here if priests knew about this, they'd suggest something like an exorcism. When my family had the poltergeist activity going on, it went on for quite a while before they actually reached out to the church. You know, my dad was good friends with a lot of priests um, and, you know, cardinals and so forth. And he did reach out to them and they did come in and they did bless the house. And, you know, a lot of the activity stopped. Oh, at what point did this happen? Um... It went on, you know, it went on, I would say, for probably about a month or so. And then, you know, my dad did reach out to somebody. As far as I know, this is what I was told by my family. They did reach out. They didn't reach out, first of all, because, again, it was a close-knit community. And I don't think they really knew what to do about it. But after, you know, speaking to a good friend who was a priest, they they did come in and uh, walk through the rooms and, you know, bless him. And the uh, the activity started to, you know, fade away, really. This was before, you know, when I was four years old. But clearly they came back then. They come back much later on. Um, but, uh, you know, they come back um, not close to that age. They come back a little a little bit later on when the activity started up again, I guess, when I was around, you know, 11 or 12 in the same house, but in, in different ways, to which some of it was experienced by everyone in the house, and other times it was just, as far as I know, me. Can you tell us a little bit more about where your house was located and the the, the grounds itself, where the school was, and I mean, there... It, 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 it was uh, like pretty much kind of like a historical location. Been there for quite a while. Yeah, the location of the school. It was actually um, it, there, there was a there was an older school in a different area, not far away from where this one was built. This one was built basically in the nineteen seventies, 
but um it had yeah it had quite a lot of rich history i mean in the area where i grew up it was actually in the where the infamous jack the ripper struck you know and and killed a lot of his victims um and it was also you know if you if you were to look if you were to walk one way you would be in the city of london and if you were to walk the other way you would be like 10 minutes away i guess 10 15 minutes away you'd be in the tower of london so and and the the house was actually built on a roman burial site for lepers um and you know i i didn't realize that until i was researching the part of the area for my book but um, it, it was in the area of Tower Hamlets and the borough of Tower Hamlets, and and this is rich in the history of Ro- of you know of the Roman Roman times. So um, you know, and it was also a place where um, during World War Two, it was you know when we, when we had the Blitz, a lot of the bombs devastated this area. Um, so there was a lot of death and destruction on the area of my house before it was built there. Should I say? Do you wonder if your family had lived elsewhere, if you would have had the same kind of experiences, or if there was something about that location? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that only that location would have caused these experiences, but do you think that there was, you know, like a, a, a twofer <laughs> going on here that, you know, whatever whatever it is, whatever the phenomena was that was around you was helped along due to the location? I think, yeah, it's a good point, what you make. Um, but I think, I think it would have happened. I mean, you know, back then, as I said, you know, being a child, and, and even a teenager and growing up in an area where, you know, there were no influences that could influence these type of activities for me. Most of the time, you know, I was either in the church and, and you know, saying prayers or doing stuff for the church or was in the school, which was, again, lots to do and geared towards religion. But the area, I do believe the areas do have some sort of, um, you know, importance in, in um, some of the experiences that we have. Uh, you know, there could be... Um, you know, there seems to be some sort of link with um, with the activity that that happens with us, but but I don't think I think where, no matter where I would have been, I think I would have had this type of activity happen. Did your schoolmates know about this? No, no, I never used to speak about it, and it, and as I pointed out in the book, um, it, it, you know, I didn't realise it at the time, but I would say that me and Sean were even back then as children suffering from PTSD of some sort. What were the symptoms of the PTSD for you? I used to, um, you know, well, you know, pretty much similar, something similar to today. You know, I, I, I needed to have a light on. Um, I had experienced nightmares, waking up screaming. I had a lot of pains in my body, which is, which I discovered is associated with this. Um, and also, I, you know, I used to wet the bed pretty much all the time, um, and and I have had other problems, which was to do with, um, you know, again, like with your bowels. I was I had to see specialists, so I, I was uh, often in and out seeing, you know, different types of doctors because of 
these type of uh, experiences of being afraid. I was afraid of the dark, uh, to have, you know, and, and even now, you know, as an adult and the age that I am now, I cannot switch the light off. I have to have a light on all the time. In the, but, but mostly the, the, the problems for me occur around the, the times of 3 o'clock in the morning and 5 o'clock in the morning. And often if I turn the light out, you know, things do happen. The magic 3 a.m. hour. Hmm. Did you take pills during this period to try to control this? No. No. I, I, I you know, now, you know, um, I wouldn't take pills. Um, I don't think that's the answer. Did you visit mental health therapists, though? No, the the the, the only time I went to see a therapist is to be tested for basically um, telekinetic abilities as a child. I was able to move objects without touching them. So I do remember being uh, taken somewhere to, you know, back then in the 70s, they, the doctors used to wear white coats, you know. I don't think they do now, but um, in many hospitals. But yeah, I was tested for like ESP and telekinetic abilities. Um, and I, that was recorded. I don't know what happened with that, where that went. I just know that it happened. But you don't know the results? No, I don't know. No. Did you ever that ask? Yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get no information. My parents, as I said, they told me things every now and again, but not, not. Um, I, w- I wouldn't have a dialogue, you know, with them. My my parents were quite strict, um, especially my dad. My, you know, I talk about my dad in the book, my relationship with him. So it's, you know, no, I didn't, I didn't get the results. Sounds like some difficulty there, correct? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, it was just, you know, he was very strict. We have Michael, and we have Gene, and we have Tim. The story goes on. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. If you love mysteries, you'll love these two books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll learn about the strange beings that can look like us, but are not. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll see the hard evidence of UFOs that has been ignored or even hidden. These books will definitely blow your mind, and both are now available on Amazon.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com.
What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. This is Tracy Tormey, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Michael Cameron, I get the impression here your parents would prefer that nothing ever happened. Yeah, <laughs> you could say that. So what do they think now, assuming they're still here? What do they think now? What do they think about your book? Well, you know, my parents are both past... Pretty much most of my family are passed. I have no uncles, no aunts, no grandparents here. They're all gone. I kind of feel your pain. I don't have too many left either. No, you know, it seems to change when, when your parents go. It, you know, when one goes, it 
some sort of dynamic in the house seems to disappear i guess even though you sometimes you know you're not you don't feel close to your parents sometimes you do feel despite this you feel that there is some sort of bond that holds the family together the parents in some way hold it together but when when they go it it, it seems to break it and change it it's kind of like a social network of parents and children and nieces, nephews, grandchildren, etc. I remember that from my youth. When my grandmother died in her late 60s, I wasn't even a teenager. But the family gatherings began to end during that period. And I guess that's unfortunate. You know, I think it'd be a lot healthier and a lot nicer for people if the family units could, for the most part, stay together in some fashion. I realize there are problems sometimes to be resolved, but one hopes they would be resolved. What was your relationship with your parents over the years as a result of all this? I got the impression of difficulty with your father. What about your mom? Yeah, it was. It was I had a. Uh, I had quite a difficult relationship with my dad, but I mean, I was very young when he died. I was fifteen years old, um, you know. And as I explain in my book, I had a really big argument with him and then you know the next morning he'd gone he was dead and for, you know for a long time i blamed myself for that i i i i thought it was my my fault that that he'd passed because you know he had a massive heart attack it took me a long long time to realize it wasn't my fault and even to forgive myself in some ways but you know it, it was difficult for my dad with uh, and me because we were two different people um, but with my mum, my mum was strict as well. You know, she could be as strict as dad, but she understood me in in different ways to my dad. You, you know, she could see that I was a sensitive. I could see things. I could feel things. Um, and I guess, you know, I felt closer to mum. But, you know, as a teenager, though, you know, when dad passed, there was obviously difficulties there. I was growing up. I was a teenager. I was trying to learn about this stuff going on with me trying to you know understand my place in the world so it, it for a, for a while it became difficult with mum but you know as time went on and I started to grow and I was still having these experiences you know I, I tend to think that I you know we come back together again in the uh, early part of your book you write about visits from your friends and I, I found that really interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, when I was a child, I had, you know, I guess what would be called invisible friends. And, you know, it wasn't until much later on that I realized, you know, that I come to, you know, the realization through my research and that, that they were, were called, you know, um, what we now know through classical ufology as uh, the Nordics. And, um, I don't know if Sean, if Sean had interactions with these type of beings, but I most certainly did. Um, but, you know, when you're a child, you don't really think there's anything abnormal about that. You just think, okay. Um, and a lot of the time, I mean, in my book, I do explain, you know, there's one instance where I'm, I'm up in my bedroom and there's a male and a female, um, you know, um, what I call my friends at the time. Uh, they're talking to me, they're interacting with me. Sometimes they would play games like follow the leader, I remember. 
and they used to talk to me. They didn't move their, you know, their mouths. They used to talk in the mind. But as explained in the book, again, I don't remember what they said to me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a person that is visual. I, I remember things that, are, that I see rather than if you, you know, if you're talking to me, I might not remember that. But, um, and I remember my one time when I was up in my room, the door, you know, the door was closed. I could hear my mum coming up the stairs to see me. And uh, I can remember, uh, you know, thinking that she was standing outside the door listening to who I was talking to. Um, and because I, I felt, uh, I, I heard the, you know, her feet moving, shifting from one side to the other um, and the floorboards creaking. And, you know, she come into the room and I was talking to my friends. And then I, as she come in, she was asking me, you know, who I was talking to. Um, and I remember, you know, and I said to her, you know, my friends and she and then as I looked round from my mum to where my friends were, they wasn't there no more. So I was a little bit confused where they went. And, you know, I guess my mum then thought I had invisible friends. But, you know, as I explain in the book, what I never used to tell them, what I never told her or my dad is that these were not children. These were adults that used to come to see me. And a lot of the time I used to see these in, in the house. They used to appear and then vanish. Sometimes I used to go into a room. There used to there'd be one there or there'd be, uh, there used to be three of them, a male, female and another male. Um, but, you know, but they did look similar to one another with the long blonde hair, athletic type builds, you know, very, very good looking, uh, taller than most of the adults. I would say probably all the adults around me at the time. Um and, and I don't really know why they come to me. It felt like on some occasions it did feel like they were talking to another part of me, another aspect of me that understood the information they were telling me. There were times, though, what I, what I don't, you know, sometimes I say it's, um, I'm 50-50 with the Nordics, the experiences I had with them, because there was a lot of times when I was, you know, I, I entered into an altered state of consciousness you know, it, it, as I explained, that the the room or the immediate uh, environment around me started to go. You know, it went quiet. So outside sounds suddenly vanished, and you know, I attribute this to what the British researcher and investigative researcher uh, Jenny Randalls coined the Oz factor. Um, you know, she was once the uh, director of Bufora um, in the, the United Kingdom. And um, but when when I come out, when I basically come out of this altered state, these beings were no longer in the room with me. But what I felt was I felt fear. I felt I needed to get away from the room. I, I needed to quickly get away from from this location. And I often remember running down the stairs in a state of panic um, and my heart thumping. And, and I wanted to get back to my mum and tell her what had happened. And I, I don't really know, you know, is that okay? I often try to, you know, reason in my mind, was it because I was a child and I was, you know, just frightened? Was there more to it than that? Were, were these actually more sinister than, um, you know, than, I've, than I realised at the time? Maybe there was a, you know, were they preparing me for what was to come? Do you remember how old you were when uh, the experience uh, uh, with uh, the, the Nordics uh, started? I would say between um, going between three and four mm -hmm. years of age. Um, but 
when they were there, they were there, but then when they went, I never see them again. And uh, um, how long did you? How long did you see them? I mean, you know, did you see them up to a certain age, and then they just uh, stopped coming around? Yeah, I would say probably up until four. It was it was four. There wasn't no, you know, it, it, again, it wasn't all the time. But I did see them a lot in the house. I didn't see them outside of the house or anywhere else. And often when I was on my own, there was there was no one else around me. So now a lot of people would say that, oh, well, you know, it's just imaginary friends. All kids have imaginary friends. So, I mean, did these things, now that you look back at it, I mean, do you think they were imaginary? Or in your eyes, did they appear solid, you know, uh, ghost-like? I mean, how how did they look to you? Well, they wasn't, you know, they weren't ghost-like because I interacted with them physically. As I mm-hmm. said, we played Follow the Leader and stuff like that. But, I mean, I would have said the same as anyone else back, to, you know, um, it could be imaginary like that. But, you know, given my history and what I experienced much later on, I'd probably say, you know, that they were um, attributed to what was co- what was coming in the future for me. We'll get into more details here with Michael Cameron. He has a book out. It's called High Strangeness, A Lifetime of Alien and Paranormal Encounters. This appears to be volume one because we get to the point of his teenage years. With Gene, Tim, and Michael, you're in The Pedagogist. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. 
Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Quick question, Michael, before we go on. When do you expect to have your second book done, and what period of your life will it cover? I'm open to have it done by at least September next year, 2024. Um, it will cover, it will go on basically from the age of 17 um, up until, you know, into my 30s, I guess. I'm, I've begun it basically on the drafts for it, but um, I'm not sure where it's going to take me yet and what I'm going to add to it. You know, it, the, the book sometimes has its own mind and takes me where it wants to take me. That's how books are. You never know when you start where it'll take you. Unless they're very structured, like I used to write these computer books, like how to use your iMac or something. And there you have a very rigid style and very rigid portion or limits to the coverage. But with a regular book about experiences or even fiction, you never know what that book will put you. Do you think the things that happened when you were a child influenced your professional life at all? I think it hindered me a lot of the time, to be honest, because, you know, of the, of the fear that it creates in you, you never know, you know, sometimes you never know if when you're having these experiences, if you're ever going to come back from them, that there's always, you know, even now there's, there's this, you know, this fear, I guess, in, in, in some ways, it, this type of phenomena doesn't leave you alone. It just goes on and on and on. And, you know, I just wanted, I never I never asked for this. I never wanted this. You know, people say, okay, you know, you've asked for this. And in what way have I asked for this? Who would want this? Who would want to be bombarded with these type of experiences? And, you know, people do have positive experiences. They do happen. But there are, there's a lot of, you know, and this is the thing. There's a lot of, people that have abductions all over the world, you know, in the United States, in the UK, and their experiences are not good. And these are not often spoken about because it goes, you know, it's some people don't want to hear that. But, you know, you know, there's hundreds, thousands of people that have these experiences. And it starts from when you're a child. And it carries on throughout your life. As I explained, you know, you have these you have these experiences in infancy. They go on to when you're a child, to a teenager, to a young adult, to a mature adult, and very much when you're close to death. So when you're when you're having these experiences, who would want them? You know, if they're positive, that's great. And and you know, and I must acknowledge that they do happen, positive ones. But in general, I I believe most of these experiences are not very good for people. You know, there, there's so much trauma associated with these type of experiences and you know if there's any trauma associated with this they're not good i wonder sometimes if there's an intelligence involved in generating these experiences they make some people feel warm and fuzzy about them to hide the trauma yeah you know we have screen memories and you know from what we learned about screen memories especially with those that are known as the greys the greys appear to be in control of the abduction program but by no means are the, you know, 
the the leaders of it. I guess they're the soldiers and the scientists, um, if you were to look at it that way. But, you know, we have the screen memories, uh, especially with the children, where they can take you away. They take images from your head and then seem to be able to reproduce them in an holographic um, type of um, imagery in order for you to go with them. So, so you know, it, I guess it depends. Does uh, it occur to you here, Michael, that maybe the entire experience is generated by a force that's giving you memories of something happening, but they're just memories. They're controlling your mind. I think that's more, um, I would say that's more along the lines of the military, if I was honest with you. I mean, I'm a MILAB, a military abductee as well. And, you know, this is something that most of the UFO community don't want to listen to. But, um, you know, as I go forward in my podcasts um, and my, my talks, I'll be talking much more about the MILAB side of it. Um, but anything's possible with technology. Would it be possible that the governments of the US, UK, Germany, advanced nations are doing experimentation? You know, we've got lots of projects out there that, you know, that, are, that can be researched. And there's lots of people that are coming forward now that are being involved in these type of projects. You know, you've got the Montauk project. There's lots of projects out there, you know, um, and uh, yeah, I would, you know, I think coming, you know, going forward, I think the, you know, the general public are going to learn a lot more about these type of projects that have been hidden for a long, long time from the, from the, uh, from the public, you know, and this is one of the things that we look at with disclosure, you know, if the government's ever come out and, and want to be more transparent about you know, what's going on, they're never going to tell you everything. They're not going to tell you about these projects. They're not going to tell you what they're being involved with, what they are involved with. And the crimes basically committed against the, the, the public because it would be the end of them. You mentioned the Montauk Project, not something we've really talked about much on the Paracast. For listeners who are wondering what we're talking about, other than a place in New York State, what is or was the Montauk Project? Well, the Montauk project started off um, from, you know, picking up people off the streets, down and out, people with no history, people that would not be missed. Then they um, started to pick up children. Um, it was basically to create mind-controlled, um, you know, assassins or spies. Um, but, but you know, it's a huge subject, Um and it covers many, many different forms of um, control. Tim, you and the guys that you've worked with over the years, such as Tim Beckley, you did explore the Montauk Project from time to time, right? Yeah, the uh, Montauk Project was uh, an, uh, an offshoot of several different um, factions, probably um, the uh, uh, gosh, what was it? Uh, the uh, MK Ultra, CIA uh, mind control research that started in the uh, gosh, as far back as the 1950s, using um, LSD, uh, uh, hypnotism, and then later going into actually like uh, uh, doing uh, implants. Um, uh, research into electronic radio frequency types of, of control and allegedly the uh, uh, 
Camp Hero base in uh, Montauk, Long Island, uh, was being utilized as a um, as a research center uh, along these lines, with uh, uh, especially using electronics and uh, drugs like like LSD. So yeah, there's a uh, there's a there's a pretty rich history about uh, the whole MK Ultra and uh, and 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 Montauk. You know, Tim and Michael, when it comes to government experimentation, I think of a situation in 1961, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. This interracial couple is there. One's a postal worker, one's a social worker, and you know the one I'm talking about here. And they live near a military base. Now, in 1961, being a black and white couple was not so easy. Today, we accept people of different races getting together, and that's fine. Even gender differences and everything. We don't really find ourselves too upset over it. Then it was difficult in a conservative area to have that situation. And, of course, we know the case of Betty and Barney Hill coming home from Canada and being apparently abducted by a UFO. And I've wondered, of course, people will say, you don't know what you're talking about, especially Kathleen Martin, who is Betty Hill's niece. I've wondered, well, they're near the military base. The government is engaged during that time frame in mind control. Could that have generated this abduction. We're going to talk more about lots of things with Michael, Gene, and Tim. You're in The Pedicast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com.
When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for youth. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals into your body. And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com gcnfood.com Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hi, this is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of Paranormal Radio. So, Michael, have you read up much about the Hill case? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Uh, I wouldn't say to a great degree, but I do know I do know what you're referring to. So, do you think that maybe the U.S. government doing all these dirty things could possibly have picked the Hills? for the specific characteristics we observe to be the victims of an experiment? I think anything's possible, but, you know, I I, um, I think it's more probable that they were picked up by, you know, these type of beings. What do you think, Tim? Well, I don't know if that early in the 1960s, whether or not the United States military had the capability just yet to be able to pull off such a stunt. I mean, especially just like in the middle of nowhere, like it was. Now, now I suppose that, you know, you could have had like maybe a, a helicopter something along those lines, and then they were able to use, say, like drugs or hypnosis. But again, 
boy, it's it's almost an Occam, Occam Razor type of situation where that kind of answer seems to be a lot more complicated than an actual unknown craft of unknown origin uh, 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 plucking these people off the road rather than, you know, a, a, a military type of experience. As far as I'm concerned, I can say this. I met Betty Hill a couple of times in the 1970s. She seemed very sincere, very direct. I know she had more experiences through her life. Certainly, we are all friends here in the show with Kathleen Martin, her niece, who has been on the Paracast a number of times. She has done abduction research more recently with MUFON. She's a mental health therapist, trained hypnotist. I don't know. The jury's out. The Hills case was kind of the harpinger of UFO abductions. Again, I raised the government experiment strictly as a point of possibility because of what the government was doing then. Not because I saw the movie The Manchurian Candidate where they use mind control to turn somebody into a possible murderer. Because here the Hills were friendly people but underwent horrifying experiences. So I don't know what to say about it. Even if their encounters were as described, doesn't mean they met E.T. It means they were led to believe they met E.T. Now, Michael, didn't you have didn't you had an experience that that made you think that uh, there was a, a military involvement going on? Yeah, that's right. That was um, a little while after my dad had passed. I just turned 16. Um, it was, um, you know, it, it was a, uh, in the nighttime, you know, I used to go out sometimes into the into the school grounds. And, you know, even back then I used to, you know, meditate. Um, I was often, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a um, you know, I was I was often isolated as a child. I didn't have many friends because, you know, it, it, as I said, it was all children that were basically, um, you know, taught about the church. And although I was taught in the same way, I, I was very much different in, in that respect. Um, you know, being aware of different types of energies around me and having other types of, you know, experiences. But on this particular night, I went out into the school grounds, you know, um, and I sat in the middle of the large playground and was listening to some music um you know to relax my mind to put me into an um an altered state of consciousness i guess and um i was meditating and you know at some point during the night i felt that there i was being watched you know it's just this feeling you get almost like when somebody's standing behind you and you get this feeling you know that there's something there you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, spiritual. It could be somebody, uh, uh, you know, a physical person standing behind you and you just get that tingling feeling, you know, somebody's there. But I felt something was watching me. Um, and, you know, I didn't pay much heed to it. I just, you know, brushed it off and carried on with what I was doing. Um, and, you know, as it was getting quite late, I was feeling tired. Um, I just wanted to go, you know, to my bedroom and go to sleep, really. And I remember walking back to the house and, you know, as I explained, it was, you know, all the lights were off. It was in a sheet of darkness. Everyone had gone to bed. Um, you know, it was a very hot night. And um, 
as I was as I went back into the house, I was going upstairs, and before I got to my bedroom, I felt this you know this need to you know to go downstairs and basically sleep downstairs, you know, and I, and I had these ex- that type of feeling as well when I had these experiences with the Nordics that I had to be somewhere in a in a particular part of the house, and 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 you know, and I've had experiences before other times when I was you know, um, a teenager needing to get up and go out into the school grounds into a particular area. But in this, on this particular um, night, I went upstairs. I felt the need to go downstairs and sleep. So I went into one of the other rooms and, you know, the it, it was still dark in the room and I adjusted my eyes to the room and laid that down on the sofa. I didn't need a cover because it was hot. But it was coming more into, you know, um, you know, it was getting closer to the morning. Um, and on this particular on this particular night or day, I closed my eyes and then, you know, suddenly I woke, I, I opened my eyes up, you know, and and felt that there was something in the room, a presence, you know. And and this type of presence that you have, it seems to go on through, you know, when you're having these experiences, you have this feeling, this feeling you know, as my life went on, you, the feeling associated with this would be dread, a feeling of wanting to get away, wanting to escape. You know, there's this build-up of fear that just overwhelms you. And but often the case is you can't, you you know, you can't escape. But on this particular night, you know, I had this feeling, um, and I tried to at the time get up off of the sofa to get to the door, to get out of the room because it was closed. Um, and I felt I found myself paralyzed. I wasn't able to move my body, but I could move my eyes. Um, and it was then, you know, that I felt something behind me. It touched my head, and and I could feel, you know, I could feel that the hand wasn't human. It had claws, and it was it actually pulled back my head. Um, but I wasn't at the time able to see it. Um, and there was another being that come in front of me that was you know what we now know to be like the classical greys uh big head big eyes and this this creature was holding a wand-like type instrument in its right hand and uh, you know in this one this one actually causes me a lot of trauma still to this day um you know there's been podcasts i've been speaking about on where i've literally you know got quite emotional Hey, before we get too emotional, let's get these announcements out of the way with Gene and Cameron and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA News Update. Police in Las Vegas announced an arrest in the murder of rapper Tupac Shakur. Dwayne Davis has been arrested in the 1996 murder of the rapper who was shot at a red light near the Las Vegas Strip. More auto workers joining the picket line as the UAW and Ford failed to come to an agreement after two weeks of talks. Laura Winters has details. The president of the United Auto Workers, Sean Fain, says there's a long way to go before the union reaches a deal with Ford. The UAW expanding its strike with more workers joining the picket line at factories in Illinois and Michigan. More than 25,000 auto workers on strike right now. The Navy will begin random testing of special operations forces for steroids and other performance-hanging drugs. That'll all start in November. Those who test positive face discipline or removal. The commander of the Navy Special Warfare Command called it necessary to protect their health and military readiness. The Army is expected to follow suit. Skip Kelly, USA News. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. Well, I understand full well the trauma something like that caused. Was there any pain involved on your part? On this occasion, there was, yes. I mean, as I said, this this 
you know, grey creature. It basically floated towards me and my mouth was opened up and this wand-like instrument was in my mouth and it was burning my mouth. I could literally feel it burning my gums. And I, I was trying to move my body. My heart was beating really fast. I, was, I, I actually felt like my body was on fire. I, the only thing I wanted to do is kick it and punch it to get away from me, but I wasn't able to move. And, uh, you know, this, I, I, you know it, it seemed like it went on for a long time, but often is the case. There's not much time associated with it, really. It's just whilst you're in that moment. And, you know, I, I felt really frightened. I was, I was really afraid. And, you know, I, in my mind, I was screaming. In my mind, I was screaming, shouting out. And I was trying to call for somebody in the house, but I wasn't able to do so. Um, and this thing, you know, I, I've just felt it burning in my mouth. I didn't know what they were doing. But, you know, going forward from there, you know, it was only then, you know, I was able to see after it finished, there was two greys there. And it was only when I was able to move slightly that I was able to see that there was a, a you know, what would I now know to be, you know, a U.S. Air Force uniform, uh, you know, a man standing there who was military. And he was just observing this. He didn't say nothing. He was just watching and I didn't realise that he was there until they moved. I was able to move myself and see see him. Um, and then, you know, then they vanished. It was only then that I was able to eventually able to move. And then after leaving, getting out of the room and going into what would have been the downstairs toilet, the first thing I did was to look in my mouth to see what they had done. And, you know, to my amazement, there was nothing there. There was no, there was no burn marks. There was no blood. And so, you know, I'm not sure what, what that was about. It sounds to me, as I listen to you, that maybe the military was messing with your mind, if that's what you saw. Well, yeah, but I did have something much later on that may have something to do with that, which was to do with, um, you know, an implant. Um, but, you know, this is what I was going to record in book two. I can talk about that now, if you'd like. Oh, please um, go ahead. Yeah, so this was, you know, this was at the same house. Um, there was one time when I was basically, I remember going up into, you know, the bathroom. I was at the uh, uh, wash hand basin. I was having a wash. Um, and I remember when I, when I, you know, luckily I had the, the plug, you know, the uh, plug hole in. Um, and I remember some tiny object, it was fell out of my mouth. It, it just literally come out of my mouth. There was no blood. Um, it hadn't been there the day or the night before. And it was like a, you know, a very tiny square object. It, it was like almost like I had a gold feeling, a, a aluminium type feeling around it. Um, it had, um, but when I looked at it under, a, a, you know, a microscope, and it was only like a, it wasn't a really powerful one, but you could see it had symbols on it and it had little wires on this um on this little square uh, you know i didn't know what it was and how it got there um and it was funny you know that I, I i looked to see if there was anyone in the area that could have a look at it and i come across a guy that lived not far away from me um he was a you know he was a uf ufologist a researcher 
Um, and I went to his house. He invi- I, I called him first of all, and he invited me over. I gave him a little bit of background on my, you know, my story, what I've wrote about in my book, um, and you know the goings on that happened to me in in the house. And you know, he looked at this object, this tiny object, under a much more powerful microscope, and and he said the same thing. You know, he says, "Yeah, you're right." He said it has symbols on it, and it has wires on it little little it really looks tiny wires god knows what it was and um he asked if he could keep it he wanted to show it to somebody at the ministry of defense some military guy that he knew you know i said yes um i shouldn't have done really but i said yes and he said he'd get back to me so you know a few weeks went past and i was getting a bit you know worried a little bit about it and um I contacted him and he, he just said to me that he'd contacted the guy at the MOD, uh, military guy, um, and he said that uh, he was told that the man, the, this person had been moved on and the object had gone with him. So, uh, you know, I didn't get any more information about this. So I, I was a bit disappointed, really, because, you know, if I would have kept it, maybe I would have been able to get some sort of answers to what it was. But, you know, but... I'm wondering if that was associated in some way with that, with this other, you know, with this device that come out of my mouth. You know, I don't, I'm not saying uh, it is. I'm just saying that it's, you know, possible. It had some sort of link or connection. Well, it does seem to be kind of a far-reaching coincidence to think that you had had an experience where, you know, it, it involved in your mouth and then later something falls out of it. Yeah, I guess you know I'm trying to trying to find some answers and reasoning with this. Um, you know, again, I'm not saying it is that. I'm just trying to understand uh, what what's happening to me really. What was happening to me? I mean, you, you know, in the UK, you don't have a lot of you know. When I was growing up, you didn't have a lot of people you could talk to. You know, certainly in 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 this area and the ringer of ufology, you know, this was all new to me. Um, I didn't have nowhere to go, nowhere to turn. So I reached out to this person to hopefully, you know, find some answers. But I didn't really get very far. Well, looking at your experience, and I'll play devil's advocate here, considering that other people and yourself, that whatever this phenomena is does have a tendency to have the ability to either shapeshift or at least put impressions in your mind that look different from what is actually going on. What do you think the possibility is that the the guy dressed in the Air Force uniform was just a, you know, like uh, 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 just something different, an, an impression put a, a screen memory, so to speak, to, you know, have you thinking something different than what was actually going on? Yeah, you know, you have to look at all types of possibilities, you know, um, when you're doing, you know, when you're researching this type of uh, phenomenon, um, you know, um, but, you know, you would have to ask yourself, for what reason would they do that? You know, there was two greys there. Why present me with a, an image of somebody in the military? There was no need for that. I mean, I have had, having said that, I have had experiences what do question whether there were 
you know, the Greys involved or the military involved, because I think you'll find that there are different types of, um, you, you know, when there, are, when there are abductions taking place, the military will act in a certain way and the Greys will act in another type of way. Um, so, you, so you have to, yeah, you, you know, you have to question it all the time. Don't you consider the possibility the military people were genuine and the Greys were not? No, I don't, um, because of the energy signatures are different. You pick up different types of energies off of human beings and off of these type of creatures. But the thing is, is you know, I understand what, you, what you're saying, where you're coming from. I mean, you know, there are people out there that believe, you know, the military are conducting, you know, the operations and they're just making it appear that they're, that it's the greys that are doing it. Um, so Michael Cameron is think? here and we're talking about his lifetime of paranormal encounters right now focusing on the ufo abductions and what they might be and the suggestions i throw in every so often that there might be some that are generated by some kind of government related experimentation with human beings which if it took place i think would be disgusting but that's just everybody's point of view michael gene and tim you're in the podcast listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's obvious the unthinkable is going to happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com 
This is an urgent warning. America is heading for another major financial disaster at an alarming rate. We could see stock prices fall as much as 50%, but this time the crash could be more violent and come faster than you ever imagined. We are Advantage Gold, America's most trusted precious metals company, and we are here to sound the alarm that winter is coming for investors. And now is the time to take actions that may help protect and secure your portfolio with physical precious metals. Want to help protect your hard-earned money before it's too late? Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and request our free gold and silver survival kit today. Mention that you heard us on the radio and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver coins. The number is 800-900-8000. Call now to get your free survival kit and see if you qualify for $1,000 in free silver today. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe, but some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs that can cause Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Mice searching for sources of food can spread bacteria and disease. Mosquitoes breed in standing water and can transmit illnesses like West Nile virus and Zika virus. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home and can leave behind allergens that trigger asthma attacks. Stinging insects attack in defense of their nests and send more than half a million people to the emergency room every year. Household pests are a threat to our health. Learn what you can do to protect your family at pestworld.org. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Tim, I sense psychically you were about to ask a question. (laughs) Well, you know, Michael is not the first person over the years who have described abduction experiences where there appears to be a military presence involved as well. He had, he had mentioned uh, earlier uh, MyLabs, which uh, uh, Michael remind me, what does, what does MyLab stand for? Uh, military abductions. All right. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's, uh, there's been entire books written about this experience. Some people report that the military, it it, kind of goes in in several different directions. Some people have reported that after they've had what they believe would be an actual UFO-related abduction, are then later abducted by what appears to be the military, who's very interested in what's going on and is trying to get information from them using various techniques like you know hypnosis and, and and drugs like I reported about before, and then other people report where there seems to be almost a liaison between the military and you know whatever you know whatever beings are associated uh, uh, with this uh, phenomena. So now you know, Michael. I mean, do you have? an impression or, or, or speculation yourself 
on you know what could be going on i mean you know is it uh, like a little bit from column a a little bit from column b so to speak well you know most of the you know most of the abduction phenomena and people that have had these type of experiences you know from the 50s 60s 70s going on you know the most common type of creature that we're seeing are you know what would be considered the greys i think the military element come into it much later on um with the advancement of technology um and uh, you know it seems to be a lot of the interest in the military often come in after you know operation paperclip you know the, the exchange of nazi scientists enter the u.s under you know under um under the uh, cloak and banner, you know, of cover. Um, so I think there's two elements of this going on. There might be much more active. There could be a lot more activity going on, though, with the military now um, rather than uh, the greys. So I, I do think that there is an element of both happening here at the same time, but for different reasons. What makes me think also, um, you've got a, uh, a, a a section in the book where you saw what would essentially be a man in black um, in your home at one point. Do you want to uh, talk about that? Yeah, that was after me and Sean had seen, um, you know, what would be, you know, a, a tall, grey alien, I guess, in what would have been the school hall at the time. It was a little bit after that, um, not not long after that. Um, I was alone in the house at the time. My parents were in the garage. They were actually laying the floor tiles. They had new floor tiles because the others were cracking. And uh, Sean asked if he could go into the garage and, you know, just watch. Francis and Kevin were out. They were a lot older than us, as I said. So they were out socialising, as far as I know. Um, I was in the house alone, and my dad had asked me to lock the door from, you know, from the inside. Um, there was no one in the house, only me. And at the time, I was in the kitchen. I was actually washing up, and as I say, as I describe in the book, um, you know, I'm still small enough that I can't actually reach the taps on the on the sink uh, to get out the sink. And so I take a chair, turn it round, and and uh, kneel on it, and um, I'm washing up for my mum. Um, and it, it, it's at that time, you know, that I, I feel something watching me, something or someone watching me. And it's only from I didn't turn my head around. I, I looked, you know, from my peripheral vision and and uh, looked to the side. It was then that I saw this strange looking man standing there. You know, it was quite bizarre in the room. Um, and he was dressed, you know, completely in black and you know the you know the oddest thing, as I explain in the book, for me, from my point of view, is the glasses. You know, all these dark glasses, um, which you know clearly was no really need to. But and you know, I just felt this overwhelming fear to again, you know, to get out, to get away. And you know, as I explain in the book, it didn't appear to be a ghost, and I didn't know what it was at the time. You know, I I, I didn't have no reason to understand what it was. Um, but, I, you know, I did feel fear. I, I wanted to get away. Eventually, I was able to get off the chair and try to open up the door. My hand was shaking. Um, I, I wasn't sure, you know, because in the book, I explain he's there at one moment and then he's gone. So he could have walked, you know, did he vanish? Did he walk off into the what would be the hallway uh, where the stairs are? Um, I, I don't really know. But 
all I know is in the as I explain in the book, um, you know, I do eventually get out to the door and I run to the garage and bang on the door. And when it opens, you know, my dad comes uh, from underneath the door and asks what's wrong. He can see I'm in a state of panic and, uh, you know, obviously frightened. And I, I just tell him that there's somebody in the house. Um, and then he goes in to investigate. Um, it's at that time that Francis returns from wherever he'd been. And, you know, my dad tells him that someone's in the house. Um, and they go and look in the house. So they search the house from top to bottom, as far as I, I've been told. And, you know, they didn't find anyone. There was no doors unlocked. Uh, they were still locked on the inside. No windows had been opened or broken. And there was no... There was no sight of you know of anyone, and it was then you know that I, my dad went back to the garage and, um, you know my mum brought me and Sean back into the house and dad locked up and that was the first really sight in the head of this particular type of being and you know God knows why it was there and uh, you know I I I never had any sense of what it was it was only much later on. When I started to research again, you know, in the 1990s, I started to research what was what was happening to me. I didn't have a clue what was happening to me. I didn't understand why I was having these type of experiences. Um, there was there was no one around me at the time that I could talk to about it. And as I explained in the book, when I did talk to my, you know, what might be my GP, family GP or family doctor, you know, about something entirely different, obviously within the um, you know, high strangeness, I guess, but but not alien abduction. He uh, tried to have me basically sectioned under the mental health act. So the only other person I could probably go to was a priest. And, it, you know, they would have probably, um, you know, damned me to hell. So, it, 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 so there wasn't hardly anywhere for me to go with this. And so I didn't really speak about it to anyone. Um, you know, what do you say? What, what can you say? And and like you said, you know, it's very difficult as well for when you're having these type of experiences. And, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, lots of people have paranormal experiences all over the world. You know, the abductions as well. But, you know, who do you go? Who do you go to it with? Who do you explain it to? And it's understandable when you don't have these experiences. It's difficult, especially if it's people are left brained. You know, they're, they're very logical and analytical and and it's difficult for people to understand what's happening to you i mean come on it's difficult for people like myself to understand what's happening to me let alone anyone who's you know not familiar with this or, or all of this stuff so uh, you know i can understand that as well i can understand why people are skeptical let's go briefly more into the missing time element tell us about your encounters with that well you know we had um, we had missing time, me and Sean, when we uh, had a, you know, the first time, I guess, when I write about that in the book, where we're out in the school grounds again, we're playing on a, a grassy uh, part of the, you know, um, a grassy hill. Um, we're playing football, kicking the ball around, or soccer, as you would say in the United States. Um, it's, you know, the summer holidays, the school has been closed, is closed for six weeks, Um at the time, my dad would have been in the school early with the cleaners, um, you know, making preparations for the weeks uh, before the school reopened again. And he, he had come back over from the school and gone in to have a bite to eat with my mum, taking a break. The cleaners had gone home. Um, and, and, you know, in this, as I said before, in this 
area of London, this area of London that I was in, it was very busy, you know. There was lots of people at work. There's at the time in that area, there's lots of warehouses, lots of, you know, um, lorries pulling up and activity like that. It's, in the, it's also an area where you had one of the largest police stations in London, which was always busy. So, and on this particular day, though, it's, I remember it's very, you know, it's a hot summer's day, clear blue sky, a few white clouds around. And Sean... Welcome. We'll cover the rest in a moment. That's rare for London, I think. We've got Michael, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you love reading about the mysteries of the universe? Do you wonder what secrets are hidden in the shadows of our own planet? If so, you won't want to miss these two amazing books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll explore the world of the mimics of man, beings that can look like us but are not. They've been among us since the beginning of history, hiding in plain sight, influencing our culture in ways we can scarcely imagine. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll discover the so-called hard evidence of UFOs that's been available for study this entire time, but for the most part, has been ignored. These two books will open your eyes to a hidden reality that has been right in front of our eyes all along. That's Mimics, The Others Among Us, and Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. Available now on Amazon.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Everyone around me seems to get sick but me. My brother got the flu twice. My mother was down with some sort of fever. People at work were taking sick days off and others were just plain tired and run down. And me? Well, I just keep feeling great all the time with Extendovite. My grandfather used to talk about the power of garlic and other herbs he took that kept him healthy. I'm lucky. Extendivite was just what I needed to keep me healthy, and Extendivite is all natural. Extendivite was designed for the heart but does so much more by keeping me healthy all the time. I'll take Extendivite forever. Get your two-month supply for only $69.95 plus shipping and handling. My name is Rick, and you can be like me just by calling 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Parenthetically, Michael Cameron, when you describe... A hot, sunny day in London. That's got to be real mm. rare, isn't it? Not really. Um, we had hot, you know, this was in the 1970s. We had lots of hot summers. As a child, I remember them being really hot, you know, so hot that they, the green grass turned a yellowy brown. And my dad used to go out there um, almost every day, O's in the grass down, um, so it wouldn't burn from the sun. Um, so during the 70s, there was a lot of hot days, so a lot, you know, summers back then. Uh, it's, it's a little bit different today. 
What area do you live in now? I'm actually in the southwest of England, in uh, Somerset, in the countryside. I'm actually living at the moment on the farm, <laughs> uh, temporarily. Um, it is um, in a place called Five Head. It's you know it's quite isolated, so it's it's a, a lot different. I mean, you know, I I worked in London for a long time. I, I was working at the time for a military contractor as a, a surveillance operative that works in targeting violent criminals and working alongside the British police undercover. But that was another part of my life. Um, but, you know, after a while you get fell up. I, you know, I was born and bred in London, but, you know, I, I, I um, decided to have a change and move into the countryside, which is a little bit quieter. What kind of work do you do now? Um, at the moment, I'm only working sort of part-time uh, at work at the moment. I have done, you know, healthcare work. Um, the reason for that is, is because I have a, a rare neurological disorder with no cure, which is, uh, you know, known as cluster headaches. I have to have medical oxygen um, when I have attacks uh, because the attacks are so bad, you know. Um, they can go on without the oxygen. They can go on for hours and hours and hours nonstop. Um, you know, these are not like migraine headaches. These are a lot different. Um, and I, I, I actually got these type of headaches from a, um, an assault that took place over 17 years ago in uh, another area, Essex. When I was coming home from work, I was attacked by um, 20 youths um, that come up from behind me and um, was, you know, knocked to the ground repeatedly punched and kicked in the body and I received severe blows to my left temporal lobe. Um, rushed to hospital in A&E, but there was a few odd occurrences to that story as well. But, you know, after after I come out of hospital and a little while after that, again, I had, um, you know, started to suffer from uh, PTSD from that attack. Um, and, you know, for a long time it was... It was quite hard for me because, you know, when I, I started to experience these, I started to experience these odd headaches, you know, and they were nothing like I'd felt before. And when I took them, whenever I took any, you know, tablets, medication, it wouldn't stop the headaches. They would go on and on and on, you know, to the point, you know, there was at times there was a point you just wanted to die. And so, you know, and it was, you know, this went on for a, oh, for a year, for 12 months. And I went to my doctor and I asked for somebody to see me. They wouldn't see me. When I'd been in the hospital, they released me without, you know, my head had been bleeding. They released me without having a cat or pet scan, which is, a, I'm told, common procedure for a serious head injury. So they just sent me off out of the hospital without any care or attention. Um, and, you know, it's only after a while within this year that I eventually was seen by a neurologist and the neurologist looked at my records and he said, Oh my God, he said, you should have been dead by now. He said that you've had a bleeding on the brain. He said, you should have had, um, you should have had a pet or cat scan, which is, you know, normal. And he, he just apologized to me. Um, and he, you know, it's, and he just said to me, you know, that you're, you're suffering from, what seems to be like cluster headaches, but it wasn't at that time that they would officially say that's what it was. 
Um, but then, you know, going forward, the headaches eventually did stop. They gave me medication. They did stop. But then, you know, 16 years later, they returned unexpectedly out of the blue, the same type of headache. Then I went to see again a neurologist. He officially diagnosed me with having cluster headaches and just apologized again and told me that there's no cure for these headaches and I will have them for the rest of my life. And they'll come and go. And if I'm lucky, I'll have some breaks from them. And, you know, if I'm not lucky, you know, I'm going to be in a lot of pain. You know, when I was working, they took me out of work because I was starting to have these headaches. I'd fall to the ground. I'd literally scream, claw at the ground. And when you have these headaches, the only thing you want to do is die, basically, because that's how much pain you're in. Um, And, you know, I was just unlucky, really. Well, I'm so sorry to hear all this. Do you have a family? I don't know. Okay. I, I I don't have no. I don't have. I have a few, two two good friends, but I don't have no family. I don't have no children, and and it's it's difficult as well because you know you got this. You got this PTSD, and you you know you get these headaches. It's difficult to form relationships with with anyone because you know. How the hell do you put up with? How does anyone put up with that? It, and you know, it, it's difficult. And like you said in the beginning, you know, I didn't want these, this, these experiences. I didn't want these experiences. But you know, you have them, and you can't stop them. And whether it's you know, whether it's aliens or whether it's the military, it's it, it, you know, it comes down to the same thing. You know, you just just experiencing trauma all the time. So. You know, one of the, this is one of the things I talk about now a lot. I, I'm an advocate for that, for how the mental side of this affects people that have these type of experiences. And where do we go from there? Have you talked with other people who have been abducted? Only a few, to be honest, because I've actually, you know, for, I've actually stayed out of these type of communities. Um, you, you know, I guess it's because... You know, I've been isolated for so long. Sometimes it's difficult to talk, you know, about it. I mean, I wrote this book, and even when I wrote this book, I found it difficult to tell people. You know, somebody, as an example, you know, when I was writing the book, and some people, you know, they heard that I was writing it. What's your book about, Michael? Well, you know, it's about um, paranormal experiences, but I wouldn't say it. It's about the alien side of it. You know, I just couldn't put my, I couldn't actually tell people that. Um, I found it difficult to speak, you know, even doing these podcasts. When I started off doing these podcasts, I found it very difficult to talk about it. It's got a lot easier. Um, it's just finding your voice and finding your confidence to talk about it. You know, you everyone, every single person, I, I would imagine, that's had any type of, you know, paranormal or alien abduction uh, um, experiences, I would imagine, you know, they've they've experienced ridicule for a, a, a lot of the a time that they've told people, you know, their loved ones or people, you know, um, people outside of uh, their family, friends, associates, you know, and it, it, that can be difficult. And I did experience that, you know, I experienced it with my family, even though they did experiences themselves because they wanted to, I guess they wanted to forget about it. But I, it was me having these experiences and... You know, as a teenager, I wanted to, you know, I would, I would tell Kevin or Francis um, stuff and, you know, they would just laugh at me. 
but you know obviously with this social media now it's much more easy i guess to talk about it with other people like yourselves um and you know and your listeners but there is you know there are there is a what is not spoken about a lot of the time with alien abduction experiences is the after effects of this and what it has what type of experiences you have you know what, what whilst you're dealing with it so you know as you said you know it, you have trauma and you have ptsd depending on what type of experiences you have we've got michael cameron the book is high strangeness about his lifetime of very frightening paranormal encounters more to come with Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz, Michael Cameron. You're in The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline. Airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4535. That's 802-341-4535. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your Longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers 
customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Anyone can fall victim to moving fraud. Know your rights and responsibilities. There was never really a valid contract. Movers must always give written estimates. I was bound to an estimate, but it was after the fact. Be sure that any document is complete before signing it, and that it includes information to determine the final charges. It was a version that I had not seen before. Visit protectyourmove.gov to download a free moving fraud prevention guide. Search for registered movers and view their complaint histories. Move with confidence. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. When I listen to you, Michael, I am 100% certain, 101% certain, I would never, ever want to have... That kind of experience. But what do you think about people who are warm and fuzzy about E.T.? E.T. is here to help us rather than to harm us. They're capable of healing. And then we've got so many people who say they've been abducted and your experience with PTSD is not unusual. So what do you think about the others who seem to love them? Well, you know, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but I will, you know, I must be honest with you that the I, I'm not a fan of the new age communities. I don't have much time for them, to be honest. And, you, you know, as I said before, there are cases where people have positive experiences. And if they've had those experiences, and I don't doubt that they have, that's good. Why, you know, it's good if they've had those experiences. But overall, though, I do believe, you know, the majority of people that have these experiences they're not good i think i think people you know in general people want things to be good they want it to be you know they want the ets to be good and they want them to be benevolent and you know um, spiritually you know advanced and 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 all good and everything but the reality is it's not like that um and i think a lot of the people that talk like that are people that have never had these experiences in any way shape or form it's it's just i guess part of human nature to want something to be better than what it is so you know i don't have i don't have much time for for the new age community you know i i just you know i just don't i think a lot of the time it's unrealistic at what point in your life did you decide that you needed to look into what had been going on with you all of your life because I, you, you know, you you said that you really didn't have any place you know to turn to for information. Uh, you know, I mean, what what happened that made you decide? You know, I need to do some research to see if anybody else has had these experiences and what may have been going on with me. I guess it's when I left. Um, the school, well, you know, what I would say the schoolhouse um, in London, uh, I moved into another area, which is, you know, in Essex, which is not far away from London, but um, similar. And the experiences, you know, this was during the 
you know, just coming into the 1990s. And as I said before in the beginning, you know, I didn't feel, I didn't realize that this type of phenomena would follow me. I thought, okay, you know, it, it's something I had here. It's just one of those things. And, but, you know, as I moved into that area again, I started to have these experiences again, you know, in the house that I was living in at the time in Essex. And I lived in this area for 20 years. I lived and worked here in 20 years in in that particular area. And, you know, I started to experience a lot of activity in that house, particularly more so in the, in my, in the room that I was in. You know, I had animals, you know, like at the time I had um, a cat who would be, you know, looking at... Um, you know, something in, in the room that wasn't that I couldn't see. You know, I had a dog as well with that experienced this type of phenomena, you know, um, barking at something that's in the room that I can't see. And I guess it was then, you know, I started to have a lot of, you know, abductions experiences. I had, you know, what we now know, you know, what I now know to be like shadow people, demonic type energies, um, you know, again, not nice things, really. Um, and I, I thought, you know, there must be some reason for this. There must be, there must be some answers. I wanted answers, really. I, I, I didn't really know what was going on, to be fair. And, uh, you know, is, was there any literature out there that could explain this away? Um, and again, you know, I, I looked in the area. I couldn't find anyone at the time. I couldn't find anyone who I could communicate with or talk to about this. I, you know, in I guess in the middle part of the you know uh, the 1990s, I did look to have regression um, therapy, and as you know, as I will talk about in book two, the only um, experiences I had with that was that they they basically laughed at me and told me I was crazy, uh, you know, because how difficult it was to deal with all this, it, you know, especially on your own, that sort of I guess, you know, it, it pushed me back a little bit, you know, to told to be told, oh, you know, you know, that this, you know, that you, it doesn't exist, you know, that they some people believe in the afterlife. But when you take it a little bit step further and say, OK, there's, you know, there's other intelligent life out there and it's coming here and it's doing this, that and the other, you know, that's that might be taking it a bit too far for them to understand. Um, and uh, it's difficult to deal with. But, you know, as I said before, you know, you know, it, it's understandable when people don't believe you. It's different. You know, how do you explain something? I never, you know, as an example, I never heard of cluster headaches before. I never knew what they were. It's only when I started to experience them that I was told by a specialist, this is what you've got. You know, and when I, I said to him, what's that? And he explained it to me. And I thought, okay, is that migraine? No, it's not migraine. It's something entirely different and much more painful. Um, and, you know, and I guess it's the same with abduction, the abduction phenomena. How do you go? How do you explain it to somebody who's never had it before? You know, and, and how would they feel about it? What would they think about it? And you, of course, you're going to be, you're going to have somebody who's, you know, especially if they're very nuts and bolts, especially if they come from a religious background, their old take on it is going to be entirely different. And it, it's difficult to, it's difficult for people to understand about that. And, you know, and if, if the shoe was on the other foot, so to speak, I'd probably be like that. I'd probably go, OK, yeah, yeah, you know, like that, you know. But what can you say? You know, I've had these experiences. Other people have had these experiences. I mean, you've had the disclosure, you know, 
recently with these three military guys and you know they're in the military they would be considered experts in their own fields um and you know they're explaining trying to explain you know that these this type of phenomena exists you know but again it is it's very difficult that's why you have people you know as i as i say to people you know how many people are out there you know in the united states for example um, that have had these experiences. And although we've got social media and we've got these type of podcasts and we're trying to get, you know, it, it, try to understand this phenomena, research it and, and uh, you know, get it out there, you know, ha- there are probably people that are still not coming forward with their own experiences because they're frightened uh, or fearful of being judged or laughed at, ridiculed, or, or you know, or they could have be in positions of authority that could affect their, you know, could affect their uh, professional jobs. So, you know, it it is hard, really. When you had regression, did you go to someone who investigates abductions or somebody else? Well, Ching, um, to answer your question, I did go to several. I went to see them, you know, to have a, um, uh, a consultation with them, basically. Uh, and, and not to try, you know, not to try to give too much away about what, what it was to do with. But, um, y- y- you know, when I tried to explain more of the, you know, some of the experiences I had, I was basically told that I was crazy, that that this type of stuff couldn't happen. Let so me have happened. something else happen here. And we'll continue with Michael, Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. It's obvious the unthinkable is going to happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today, order by 3 p.m., and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com USA News Update. New this Sunday morning, the Senate clears the way for a 45-day spending bill to avoid a government shutdown. The final bill did not include additional aid to Ukraine. The stopgap measure offers no new funding for the border crisis. The Powerball jackpot soars to more than a billion dollars after not one ticket hit Saturday night. The next drawing, Monday night, all you need is $2 and one big dream. Good luck. Birthday wishes pouring in for former President Jimmy Carter, who turns 99 years old today. He's been under hospice care. There was a big party over the weekend at the Carter Library in Atlanta, Georgia. Lots of red, white, and blue balloons and children making birthday cards and eating cake. Carter serving between 1977 and 1981. This is USA News. 
Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. Shopsupertea.com. Have you ever watched a video on the Internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why Internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores, building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. But at some point you did get regression therapy at one point. No, no, I didn't. No, I never went back there again. I, as I said, that tired, that sort of put me off, really, because right? I thought if I, you know, if that's the case, and this is what how you are, you know, treating the person that's coming to you for help, then I'm not going to go back there again. And, and no, I didn't. But going forward, you know, this is something I'm going to be looking at now, in, in to have done to reg- to be regressed in the UK. Um, I've not found anyone yet. I would be reluctant, just personal opinion of going to anyone who deals with UFOs because it's too easy to lead the subject to that sort of conclusion. But as far as the missing time stuff is concerned, have you remembered any of it or is it just gone zip? Forget about it. No, but to answer your question, first of all, what you were saying, Jing, sorry, uh, to do with the um, uh, regression, I absolutely agree with you on that. I think to go, it's better to go with somebody who has no knowledge whatsoever about the subject. And, you know, because it could be quite easy to lead the person. And what you don't want, you don't want, you don't want those memories, those fra- or fragmented memories to be filled with something else. Because, you know, what's the point of that? What you're looking for is the truth, to understand it, to, to, um, to you know, to um, see what happened to you in that missing period of time you don't want it filled with some garbage or fantasy because you know that that wouldn't interest me at all so i totally agree with what you're saying there jane um but going you know going forward with the um 
Can you, can you, sorry, can you tell me what you said again on the other part? Well, I think it was mostly whether you have actually naturally remembered any of the things that happened during the missing time. Yeah, thank you. Sorry about that. No, I didn't. No. Uh, You know, in the book, I write about what I do remember in the detail that I do remember it. Um, and, And that's quite clear. But, you know, I do point out, you know, that there are fragmented memories, parts of it that I don't remember, you know, when you're being, you know, removed from your bed and you've been taken to what looks like a ship going up into a light and then it's the daytime again. So in between that time, there's missing time uh, and there's no memory. And, you know, that's what you're hoping to achieve through the regression, I guess, to find out what happened during that period of time. So it's like sometimes you're looking at, you know, you might have parts of the beginning or parts of the end or, or, or something in the middle, but it's not, it's not formed into a, you know, into a bigger picture to have a, um, you know, to understand it better. Now, when you talk about the therapy you've had with regard to your head injury, have you ever sure. considered alternate remedies like acupuncture? Um, I did look at acupuncture, but um, as far as I know, um, acupuncture doesn't work for this type of headache. Um, it's, um, uh, it's, you know, it, the, the only thing that's ever worked for me, Jing, is the at the moment is the um, medical oxygen. I mean, in my room now behind me, I got a large cylinder and I got two um, portable ones that you can use, you know, in a rucksack if you're going out and you've got the mask. But this is only when you have the attacks, you know, when the attacks come, you you know, unlike other headaches, you, you know, I can't lay down. A lot of the time you find a person shifting around, moving around, sometimes erratically. You can't talk to anyone because of the pain. It hurts so much. Um, you're, you know, the, the, the headaches, are, you know, if I didn't have the medical oxygen, you, I'd be on the floor literally, and I'm not ashamed to say it, you know, I'd be crying. I'd be crying literally and, and, and screaming, shouting, clawing at, at the floor for the pain to stop. You know, when I started to have the headaches, literally were going on seven hours nonstop. Nothing would stop them. And, you know, and as my neurologist pointed out, you know, these are not normal headaches. They don't know what causes these headaches. You know, pregnant women have, have uh, you know, that have these type of headaches have said it's worse. The pain is worse than giving birth. This is how painful they are. And because of this, it's difficult for me to get full-time employment because, you know, if I'm certainly, you know, if I'm dealing with the public in any way, shape or form and I have these headaches, I would suddenly, I won't be able to do anything. I won't be able to talk to you. Uh, you know, I would just drop to the floor or, or I'd be walking up and down. Sometimes, you know, when I, when I first started to have them um, and I didn't know what they were, I just sometimes when I got angry, but not with anyone else, just myself, you know, just getting angry over what happened, um, or, or or walking around. It, it, it seemed, I think it was the um, adrenaline, in some way, seemed to you know, seemed to help it a little bit. But you know, there's you know, there's nothing I can do about them really. I'm I'm told by my neurologist, there's there's just nothing. There's nothing out there, unless I'm taking the oxygen when I get the attacks. There's nothing out there for me. It's, they said it's it's just um, one of those things. Have you gone to more than one neurologist? Um, I haven't, no, to be fair. No, I haven't, no. I would always recommend I have no idea about what you're suffering from, except that I'm just really sorry you have to go through all that misery. 
I would only say find another physician and get a second opinion. They may say the same thing. You got to have the oxygen and this is it. You're stuck for the rest of your life. But medical science is always advancing. I don't think it hurts. I don't know if it's going to mean anything or not, but just a suggestion. In the meantime, I had one other question here about your experiences. Did you find that the frequency of those encounters increased or decreased after your head injury? Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, I think they... I think there was basically a, a, a happy medium, really. I mean, you know, I did have experiences um, at the same time as having these, you know, headaches. Um, but, you know, but when people ask me now about my experiences, you know, I do still have some, but they're not as um, not as many as what I did have. But, uh, you know, that that is a really good question, though. I like that. I know a lot of people will listen to, well, read your book and listen, you know, to uh, uh, your your stories, and say that you know, especially when you were younger, that eh, you were just being influenced by television or or things that you that you read. However, considering the time that you grew up. British television, you didn't have a lot of channels. You didn't have a lot of choices. I mean, unlike the United States, where a lot of us grew up on shows like In Search Of, you didn't have anything like that uh, uh, there in Britain, did you? No, you're absolutely right. Um, this is what I'm saying. In the 1970s, you have to think about the location I was in. It's also, we had literally three channels. Um, on the TV and you know as I point out in my book often the children back then you know I don't know in the states but we were we were the remote control for those three channels you know we sat on the on the floor our parents would tell us what channels to turn over which was literally three channels um you know uh, otherwise we got a clout around the head um and um yeah and also another thing is is that uh, you know with me and Sean we wasn't allowed to watch TV Unless we were with our parents, you know, often when we come home from school, we were doing our own work. And and as I said before, you know, in the area where I grew up and in the, the school that I grew up, you know, it was very religious. You know, it was I was brought up by Catholic nuns and priests. Um, you know, the church was just up the road, you know, um, and and, this, you know, we were either in the school or the church. You know, as I explain in the in the book as well, you know, I was often dressed up as a similar to a beef eater, you know, from the Tower of London, and we had to walk around the streets on certain occasions, religious festivals, and hold up swords and everything to uh, in honour of the saints. And so, you know, and but as regards to the TV, no, there was nothing there. There was no, there was nothing to influence this. You know, and and you know, this is what this is what people might say, but. The, you know, you only have to research the 1970s in, in the London and you'll see what type of uh, television was what we had. Michael, Gene and Tim, you're in. Oh, the Pettycast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. What if Extendivite really works, but you find that hard to believe and you spend precious time looking for someone to say, just try it. I have my help today because of Extendivite, and if I did not take a leap of faith and try it, well, I would be on disability today. Take one bottle of Extendivite as suggested for 60 days to find out for yourself. No need to stop any other meds you may be on. You know by now that they are not working for you. Before the 60 days are up, I know that you will feel Extendivite working for you and will want to take another bottle. Life is too short. Get your Extendivite today. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. <clears throat> okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. 
Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Michael Cameron is on here for one more segment, then he'll stick around for the After the Paracast podcast. His book is High Strangeness, A Lifetime of Alien and Paranormal Encounters, but that's book one. There's a book two under construction. It sounds to me like you might actually have a book three in you. If you keep this going, right, Michael? Yeah, one of the books that I'm going to actually write, it will obviously take a lot of research, is um, something that I believe is probably could be important. People that seem to be on the spectrum that have a lot of these type of experiences, people with autism, you know, there, there, there seems to be some sort of, I think, some sort of link between eye strangeness or the paranormal and uh, people with, you know, these particular, I guess, disorders. Interesting point. I wondered about that. I thought mostly people who were of all different persuasions and life histories. But I wanted to ask you that, too. You grew up in a Catholic environment. Are you personally religious? No, no. Um, The funny thing about that is, no, I'm not religious. I actually never liked it when I was being educated in this way. You know, it didn't um, resonate with me. But, you know, being a child, uh, you know, you didn't have no choice. Uh, you know, I went on to, a, um, you know, what would be a secondary school. Again, a very religious um, establishment. But no, one of the things that I was actually put forward for by the, by the nuns at the time, they wanted me to train to be a priest. You know, I wasn't having none of that. You know, it just wasn't who I was. I hear that a lot from <laughs> people who went to Catholic schools that uh, the nuns and the, <laughs> and the priests, you know, try to, uh, you know, push some of the students that they feel would be uh, answer the call, so to speak. <laughs> the nuns weren't nice, I can tell you that now. <laughs> they wasn't nice at all. The thing that I'm reading your book, all right, there oftentimes, you know, you had what appears to have been, you know, like, paranormal ghostly types experiences and and then you know these these other ones that uh, could be related to you know the 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 UFO phenomena i mean do you feel that and of course this is a speculation on your part you know, do you do you think that this is uh, coming from like the same source or there you know was like several different types of of phenomena taking place throughout your life that's a good question, Tim, and one I'm glad you asked because, you know, I think sometimes, you know, you, you, you do hear other people and some of the people that talk about this, have, again, not had any experiences, it's just their own, I think, opinions. But, you know, when you got when you got um, encounters with what, you know, what the shadow type, shadow people, I guess, or demonic or the greys. You know, I, I believe that they are different. They are different types of beings. I believe that they know each other or they know of the existence of each other. They have their own agendas. And I would, you know, I would have to say they're not in the best interests of the human race from what I've seen and experienced myself. But, yeah, I, I you know, 
I would say that they, they're all different types of energies with their own agendas working towards something which I guess we're trying to find out. We're trying to discover is what, you know, what they want with us. The thing I wonder about here, about alleged aliens who abduct mm. people, why do they follow people around year after year after year or that they choose so many people? If they want genetic samples, they just need one of each. When they want to possibly follow someone during their entire life cycle, again, you need one of each. Why stick around for so many years? Why abduct so many people? None of it makes sense. As I said, one specimen, two specimens. It's just not logical to quote someone's phrase. Well, that's the big question, isn't it? What is it they, they want, you know? Um, but, you know, if you if you look into this further, um, you know, you've got to go deeper down the rabbit hole to find the answers, I guess. But, you, you know, let's just say there was an abduction program and the abduction program has been going on since biblical times. Let's just say, for an example, that that was the case. And they're, they're interested in certain bloodlines, um, certain ancestral lines. Um, you, you know, sometimes you hear people talking about how when they've had abduction experiences, that, that their, you know, that their um, psychic abilities, if you like, ESP abilities have, you know, have suddenly appeared and that the greys or whoever's abducting them has been responsible for this. But I think that's just nonsense because at the end of the day, you know, if you consider yourself that we are of divine, of a divine essence of some sort, you know, we have these abilities within us already. So they're not um, giving them, giving us those abilities. They're already there. You know, but if you research things like Project Talent and what 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 that means, where you know they're looking, the military look for certain abilities within the genetic bloodlines of these families. You know, that span centuries. Um, they understand about reincarnation. When, say, for instance, a soul returns back here, if you believe in the spirit world or, you know, you go to some other place, whatever your take is on that, you know, so if you've got a soul that's been, that's had these experiences, they, you know, they pass back into spirit, they return here. Um, you know, we know that some people have implants in the electromagnetic field around the body, which is, you know, the etheric field, or in layman's terms, the aura. You know, and, you know, when you pass into spirit and then you return here in another body, has the same soul but in a different body, um, you know, it's believed, though, that some of these implants are basically reactivated, so to speak, when you return here. This is one of the ways that the grace are able to find you, you know, for what purpose. There could be several purposes, you know. A lot of the time we have, we talk about the, you know, other researchers and abductees, they talk about the hybrid programs, uh, you know, where women are, are impregnated and then they lose the child and then they're re, um, reconciled with some of these children on board ships. They see and are told that they're their offspring. You know, there could be lots of reasons why they're interested in, in specific uh, people, but I believe that they re-abduct the same people over and over again over a period of centuries, depending on, you know, let's just say again, you know, you, you, you're, there's a spirit world, you go to that spirit world when you leave here, 
So you shed the body, but your spirit goes on. And so when you return, um, they're, they're reselecting the same people under the same projects, just in a, maybe in a different location. Hey, Michael, do you have a place they can check you out, like a website, if they want to follow up with what you're doing here? I do have something on Amazon. Um, if you go onto Amazon, and um, there, there is um, an author's page there. But you can contact me on a on my email address, or I am on social media under you know Facebook for uh, Michael Cameron. That's with a K under Cameron. Um, and can I give them my email address? I don't know if you want to do that because then you get a lot of spam. But I'll tell yeah, you, if true. you do write to us here. On the Paracast, news at theparacast.com, we'll forward your email to him, unless, of course, you locate him on the social media. Speaking of finding things, you can find us on social media. We're on Threads. We're on X, allegedly Twitter. We're on Facebook, all as the Paracast. We're not on TikTok yet, because I haven't figured a way to really relate that. I don't want to do videos. You can also check out branded merchandise for the Paracast at theparacast.shop. We give you four logos to choose from when you choose your merch, theparacast.shop. And we also offer the Paracast Plus. Go to theparacast.plus for more info. On the Paracast Plus, we give you the show free of the network ads with better audio and the exclusive bonus after the Paracast podcast. Say that five times fast. Where we extend interviews with our guests or have separate interviews. Like, for example, Michael Cameron has a lot more to say, and he'll say it on After the Paracast. For more info, go to theparacast.plus. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, with your subscription, we give you 20% off on five-year and lifetime subscriptions. The Paracast Plus, the Paracast.plus. Michael Cameron, glad to meet you. Thank you for being on the Paracast. Thank you. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.